0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, November 2, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have an election on our hands. The election here in the US is November 3rd, which is Tuesday. It's always on a Tuesday. So what can we expect from the market on Tuesday? The reality is We have no idea. We'll hear rumors in one direction or another. Biden's going to win. Trump's going to win. The market's going to go one way. The market's going to go another way. The reality is... Until the score is settled, we really don't know. But what we can do is look at the charts and say, how will we know if they're making a bull run? How will we know if they're collapsing? What are the lines in the sand? That's the best we can do from a technical perspective. We use the charts. We use numbers. We don't use the news. We don't use hyperbole. We don't use a bunch of political nonsense. Before we get into the charts, think about it this way. Back in 2016, everybody said, and this is the prevailing wisdom at the time, everybody said, hey, if Trump wins, they're going to crash the market. The economy's going to crash. Well, guess what? The opposite happened. So what are they saying now? Whatever they're saying now, whoever they is, five guys in a room, ten guys in a room, whoever they are, whatever they're saying, one thing we do know, they're likely going to be wrong. What do we have on the daily chart? Well, as it appears, at least on the daily chart, it's rather clear at present. What do we have? We have a move downward, and then we have been basically in a chop shop formation, putting in a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing. This generally will result in an ensuing move or a continuation move in the southern direction. Now... Being the umpire that we are, what actually takes that scenario off the table? Well, here's the way that would work. So let's say they start to rally the market. They tried today. They got up to the spot that I'm going to talk about. They got almost to the spot I'm going to talk about, but they couldn't do it, and they fell back down. And incidentally, where's the 100-period moving average? 330.45, we closed below the 100-period moving average. That's a little bit ominous in and of itself. However, they've been back in through the 100-period moving average enough times to where it diminishes the importance of the moving average. However, they're basically riding the moving average. But here's the more important thing. If they were going to rally... They need to get over the top and begin closing hourly and then obviously daily above the high of this last breakdown candle 33284 is the number what does that do that opens the door to fill the gap that resides at 338.22 if they're filling the gap the news is bullish everybody's bullish the sentiment is bullish there's moving averages coming in over that price It would make sense, and it wouldn't be out of the ordinary if they're up in that direction for them to spike into the moving averages, closing hourly and then daily above the moving averages, and all of a sudden, we have another flip around on our hands. The big number up in that area, up in that neighborhood, is actually 242. You might want to jot that down. What about the south side? We have some interesting stuff on the south side. Those of you that have been around a while will remember something that's going to come up in about a minute. First, let's say they failed and they begin going back down in the neighborhood where they were Friday. The low on Friday was 322.60. Let's say they get to that, below that. You have a double bottom here. That's at 319.80. We'll just call it 320 for argument's sake. But here's the thing: those of you that have been around a while will remember a number, and here it is: 318.92. If there was ever a bona fide breakout area, which is also a gap that was never filled, looks like it was filled here. The low here was 319 and a quarter. It was not filled over here. This was a breakout area. This was a gap, and is a gap that was not filled. Coming back down, they've tested it and retested it a number of times. Coming back down, if this gap does not hold, and they get below that gap, I think that's a recipe for a good night, Irene scenario. However, however, that day was a reversal day. They could have fallen out of bed that day. I remember that day. They didn't. They reversed. They never looked back. That's an important day. That's an important candle. That's an important number. And this will be an important low at 312. Write that down too. All in all, it was a pretty good day across the market. The S&P 500 was up about 1.2%. The NASDAQ composite, which was down most of the day, finished up four tenths of 1%. The update was on average volume, but with the election looming, it's very hard to make heads or tails or a federal case out of any direction, whatever the market does, leading up into election day. We know that the tide can change no matter what's going on leading up into the election based on the results of the election. It's not the results that we have to worry about. It's the market's reaction to the results that we have to worry about. We don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows how the market's going to react no matter who wins or how the market might react if we don't have a winner on Tuesday. That's also a distinct possibility. Let's switch over to inside the numbers, a couple of high-level thoughts. First, stocks on the move, shooting blanks. The scanner was absolutely shooting blanks this morning, came up with absolutely nada. We don't invent trades If the market's not handing us an opportunity, we move on. We woke up really green today. We had the makings of a gap in crap today, but they didn't do that. There was a late day or mid-afternoon rescue operation. They could have sent the market down a lot farther than it was, but there was a rescue operation. They finished relatively strong on the day. Last week, it looks like they're going into the abyss. They end up gapping them up by Monday morning. They issue a pie in the face to those that bought short over the weekend or bought short on Friday, hoping that we get a collapse over the weekend into Monday. Therefore, they would get paid on the puts. That rarely happens. What happens more often than not is the lemon meringue pie. Let's see what we've got in the early thoughts. This will be interesting To those of you that are intraday traders or wish to be an intraday trader, wondering if this information is any good or not. So let's find out. Early thoughts, this is before the opening bell. Let's talk destination. Where are they going and is it just a test or are things as bullish as they appear to start the week? So that's the frame of mind. Are they just running a test of something or are they really bullish and they're just going to take off and this is just the first leg of a multi-leg, multi-day rally? So we have to know where we stand going into the day, what's the likely scenario, what's framing the day. We don't know yet for sure, but we have an awareness of what the lay of the land is. There's a spot above current price that will be a gateway to a much bigger rally. So we're talking about 33 and a quarter in the ES, 332.54 in the SPY. So what we're saying here is running a test into that area is one thing, and they were there in the pre-market. So we want to see what happens after the opening bell. Running a test is one thing. Getting above that zone and closing candles, first 10, 15, half an hour hourly candle above that area is an entirely different thing. Let's move along and see what else was going on. 921, here's the thought, the last thought before they ring the bell. We have to let them open the week and the day before getting a handle on the deal of the morning. We need to let them trade out a little bit. We don't want to get involved in the morning rush, the shakeout operation. We want to take advantage of the shakeout operation. Sometimes the shakeout operation is downward. Sometimes the shakeout operation is upward. That would be where they suck in the Johnny come lately's and then they pull the rug out, sending the market back down. That's pretty much what happened today. So we're setting the stage once again. Opening above 330 in the SPY would be good for the bulls. The longer they're above 330, that's a line in the sand. It's a psychological line in the sand, but guess what? If you've been around here long enough, it works. The longer they're above 330, the more magnetic 332 to 332.50 area becomes. This is worth repeating. The longer they're above 330, the more magnetic the 332 to 332.50 area becomes. We also give the flip side before the opening bell in case they kill him at the open. 326.50 was my target on the downside all day. Not meaning target like they're going to get there. Target meaning if they got there, I was a willing long trading participant. Doesn't mean that's the only trade, but that was definitely a number of interest. Let's run over to the chart. You know the routine. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. And what do you see? 332 is the horizontal line across the screen. And guess what? The high in the morning at 1020 happened to be 332.36 in between 332 and 332.50 as prescribed before the opening bell. Let's see what else we have as we move along at the opening bell, slightly after the opening bell bull bear battle at the big fat round number, 330. Once again, here we go. The longer they're above, the more likely we'll see the overnight highs around 332 or so. Now, at this point in time, I have to take a pause and I have to say something about inside the numbers. Now, there's a scenario in this commentary from before the opening bell to slightly after the opening bell. While I'm not coming out and saying, hey, buy the market because I know it's going to 332, What I am saying is, as long as they're above 330, they're going to go to 332. If you're willing to take the chance, and you're a long trading participant, and you want to take that trade in the morning knowing that the morning volatility can be a little bit wild, that becomes a trader's choice. I'm telling you what the likely scenario is. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not doing it for you. That's what this is. Sometimes I'm just going to flat out and say, Here's what's going to happen. I'm almost 100% sure. I'm never 100% sure, but I'm as close as it's going to be. We've seen that before. There's other times like this morning where if this is happening, this is traditionally what's going to happen next. All right, let's move it along. As we move up a little bit, I'll give you another little hint on why that 330 number, other than psychological, was important. They gapped above a former gap. That was important. So guess what? It's something. It's something we can hang our hat on when you have that plus the big fat round number plus the fact that it's magnetic plus the fact that we know our numbers. Let's move it along a little bit. Here we go again. 948. If they just run sideways for a while under the big fat round number of 330, then they would be building energy to move higher to where? Same spot from earlier, 332 or higher closing candles, 10 and 15 minute ones and more, above 3.30 is the tell. Again, I've told you three or four times what's likely gonna happen. Here's how you know it's developing. Here's how you know it's happening. If they start trading away in the southern direction from 3.30 and they're not eating time off the clock under 3.30 or above 3.30, then something else is going on. This is how we learn how to read the tape. If you don't want to learn how to read the tape, then you're probably in the wrong place. Moving right along. Here you go, 953. Let's say they do the thing where they run a test of the overnight high. That's up in that same area. I keep saying it over and over and over again. That's a hint, which they should. Another hint. Will there be overhead resistance up there? Yes, that's resistance. They won't just simply blow right on through if reached without eating too much time off the clock. What does that mean? That means if they ate time off the clock before they got there, underneath that zone, then that's something different. But if they run there where it looks like that was the destination because they really didn't stop off anywhere else, they just ran right over there, then that's going to be overhead resistance. That's the way it works. What happened? Back to the chart. They ran up there. It was overhead resistance. They pulled back and they never went back up there. Now, at that time, we don't know whether that is going to be the case or they'll be back up there. But when there's overhead resistance, we can take a trade, we can get into a profit scenario, we can take some of the trade off, and we can let the rest go to see how far we can go. Why is that? Because we have a risk-free, emotionless trade on our hands when we can get out without losing a nickel on the remainder of the position. That's called trading nirvana. By 10.03, traders who are long for the ride need to book profit along the way. No change, same routine. Should be overhead resistance around the overnight highs, maybe slightly in front, slightly above, but in that general zone between 3.32 and 3.32.50. Where did they go to? 3.32.34 or 3.6, one of the two. It's in between. They should not just blow right on through i think maybe despite what some others might think i think this was crystal clear how you doing above 330 and they'll still try for the overnight highs which they did taking a look around the horn get the lay of the land iwm transports financials smh all up on the day thus far until and unless these things change and the spy gets back below 330 it's bullish on its face that's an awareness now they did get below 330 we know that's a line in the sand therefore we know what to do with that information 1021 they did the thing where they run the test of the overnight highs yada 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 then they pulled back so what you can do here is pause the video read the rest of the notes on your own to see how accurate or not accurate they were what I urge you to do is read the notes pause the video go back to the charts double check the work What I showed you was what happened in the morning. The morning is the bread and butter. If you're not participating in the morning trade and you're trying to find another trade in the afternoon, around lunch, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, after lunch, it's a much difficult time to find a trade as opposed to the morning time. You have more participants in the morning, there's more volume in the morning, the market runs faster to a destination in the morning, which gives traders a bigger tell when the market's creeping and it's slow you can make a case for one thing or the other. Now we're looking at a 15 minute chart. We're gonna switch gears for a second and we're gonna do a little bit of something different, but it's something that relates to what was inside the numbers. So if you read it, what you'll see is that we were targeting, I was targeting the gap at 326.50, but there was also support, and it said it a number of times, at 328. This is after the market topped out in the morning and it started to go back down. So what was the low when it did finally reach a low? 327 and a quarter, which was basically in between 326.50 and 328. Let me show you where this stuff came from. You can see a gap here. That was the 326.50. 326.48 was the closing price on this candle. So that was the gap that I had in mind. But something's gonna click in a moment when I show you this. So on the daily chart, the gap that I was using or the support I was using was 328. So what you can see here is 328.28 was the actual gap. So I used the big fat round number and they got below it. They came right in between the two places, gap one and gap two. Sound familiar? If it doesn't, it will in a moment. Inside the numbers, stocks on the move, sometimes you see price one or target one, entry one, entry number two. I always say I can make a case for entry one, and I can make an equal case for entry two. Case in point, we can make an equal case for either gap, the daily chart gap, or the intraday gap at 326.50, or the support at 328, and guess what? They split the difference, which... Who knew that was going to happen? So as a trader, if you're a pro trader, you want to be a pro trader, you want to act like a pro trader, then you have to take the best deal on the board. I was saying 328 could be support and they bounced off 328 and some traders may have had some scalp trades in and around 328. But if you're a real pro trader, you have to say, I want the best deal on the board. I want the discount. They're either going to give me my price or no price. I don't want the trade. I was saying 326.50 was that intraday gap that I wanted. If they get there, I'm going to take the trade. If they don't get there, I'm okay with that. In the afternoon, you really don't have enough time to be taking both numbers. Let's say they got to the second number at 345 in the afternoon. What do you do with that? You hold it overnight. Do you cut and run? You don't know what to do with that. There's no time left on the clock. That's the reason why, or one of the reasons why anyway, that the afternoon trade, at least in this case, was more difficult than a morning trade. Gabish, gabish. How about the IWM? And guess what? The IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. Up $2.67, 1.74%. They're knocking on the door of that high and the corresponding high that we talked about in the SPY. Look at this. They're knocking on the door. What was that high? 155.79. They closed above it. I didn't even realize that by the close. 155.82. So, guess what? If they're going to have a wink wink like a tell, right, off the daily chart. They closed above. They're officially, from a technical perspective, and this is from where I sit, right? This is how I look at the markets. You signed up for a ticket on my ride. So as far as I'm concerned, they open the door to go up to that gap, the same corresponding gap that we discussed in the SPY. Here, it's 158.18 or higher. About the second favorite market-leading indicator in the transports, what's it telling us? Well, it's not telling us the same thing that the IWM is telling us. What it's telling us is much more similar to the SPY chart. You have a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of pattern inside of this last breakdown candle from the 28th of October. So until and unless they clear the high of that candle... First on an hourly basis, and if they're doing that, they're likely going to go up and fill this gap, but they have to close above it on a daily basis. Then you have the 50-period moving average and that aforementioned gap to contend with right above. Transports aren't out of the woods just yet. Pretty weak showing all-in-all for the folks out in Silicon Valley. While the NASDAQ composite and the Qs finished in the green today... They really were the lagging index. This is a growth index similar to the IWM. So this is where money goes because they want quick growth. They want momentum. That's what they're looking for. They're not getting in here now. So money is not necessarily flowing into the momentum stuff. Will that happen all at once post-election? Anything goes, we don't know. I'm just stating what it is here today at present on the chart. And at present on the chart, they're basically hovering on top of the 100-period moving average, still with an open invitation down to 265 or below. How about a strong showing for the financial sector? The XLF trades right up into the bottom end of these converging moving averages, Fills the gap and guess what? Closes over the gap. So the gap is at 2423. Closing price today is 2431. The takeaway from that is not a negative, but yet a positive. They gapped up. They went sideways. What are they doing? They finished near the high of today's range. So what they're doing is they're building energy for another push higher. To where? 2450, 2475. Write that down. How about Smash Mouth? Any takeaway from Smash Mouth? It's doing the bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing. We don't really need to go any farther. What you have here is a move downward. They're hovering, they're eating time off the clock, underneath the 50-period moving average. Does this sound familiar? We saw a chart like this just 20 minutes ago. This one is different than the rest. They fill the gap, they're back down. You need to get the SMH to start rallying. That'll help bring up the tech sector or the queues. Without all this stuff, no dice. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense. Market analysis.